Sean from the last podcast and in collaboration with several colleagues around the galaxy proudly brings you insightful and intriguing discussion on Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. Welcome to We Have Spoken. This is episode two, covering chapter three of We Have Spoken, everyone, and welcome to a new series of The Last Podcast. I am your host, Sean, and we are happy to have you in the cantina where the Mandalorian just walked in with his shiny, shiny armor. I've reached out to the best renegades I know in the galaxy, and we are proud to bring you the legend of the Mandalorian. If you're new to the podcast or you need a reminder, you can support the podcast through donations using PayPal. Donate a dollar and get an exclusive last podcast sticker. Support the show so we can pay our bar tab. It's getting a little heavy. Head on over to mrctechllc.com backslash become a fan for more information. Thanks to Lee and Gary for your donations. You are appreciated. If you like game streams, come on out and join me as I play through a series of games on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Mixer. Join the chat and follow the channels. We'll be coming back Tuesday. November 26th and Wednesday, November 27th with Jedi Fallen Order starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll see you there. Just search out MRC Tech. On today's podcast agenda, we have a new episode of The Mandalorian to dissect. Damien and Mike, the Mateo Lorian, have made their way back to the podcast. We had some very, very nice conversation. Each conversation with both gents took about 40 minutes so strap in get ready and let's get started yeah good we are back with damien on the newly coined we have spoken that was a surprise to you because i don't think i yes. mentioned that that was coined by mike I said, Mike, what would you call this segment if you could call it anything? And he just paused and he said, we have spoken. And I'm like, you're goddamn right we have. Yes, we have. And, and there we go. And would you believe me if I said that since I've started this podcast, which every episode for the most part has been a solo adventure up until we have spoken, the top amount of downloads I got on my last episode was 17. What I, I just checked it now. This episode, since being released on Tuesday, 32. Boom. Doubled Look at it. that. Doubled it because of you, because of Mike, because of the great people out there who love The Mandalorian and love the insight that we, uh, that we certainly give. I got a, somebody was messaging me, uh, my, my good friend Gary, and he was just gushing over our knowledge and it was just so cool to see because i went to grade school and high school with gary he's a very nice guy and he was just awesome so big shout out to gary for uh doing that so yeah man this is successful i'm glad we're gonna do it uh, i'm gonna speak with mike tomorrow uh, he's a little indisposed nice. tonight uh okay. and let's get rolling so we didn't have a chance to talk about chapter two and i don't think there's much to talk about uh it was sort of a side questy episode did you need it? No. Did we learn some stuff? Yes. We learned that Jawas can take down Mandalorians, which is cool, yep. which is cool. I did enjoy that uh, 
I said this in the episode that he's not really invincible, that, you know, he can be taken down. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's a character flaw. Uh, and then we just sort of have a put the ship back together Rocky montage. We have an <laughs> egg scene. And then we have Baby Yoda using the Force, which how did that make you feel to get a confirmation that he's a Force user? I think it's good because if well for me man it was just like that moment it was like okay well something's got to happen because otherwise Mando's like he's done because mm-hmm. he just can't stack up against the creature so I, for me watching Baby Yoda um, as he's been affectionately called all over the internet mm-hmm. Baby Yoda merch already dropping before the holidays like they're they're on it like yep. Baby Yoda mania is taking over yep, yep. Um, but I mean just to watch it because we don't know boy or girl yet so it, i feel we were calling it it but it's it mm-hmm. until we find out um but to to watch it like just literally <laughs> lift it up just focus lift its hand and just drop it it was like holy crap and then you know i think that to the mandalorian was just like okay now i can understand why this was such a high bounty why yeah. so many people want this baby yeah i mean there's virtually no jedi no sith at this point, right? Vader's down. Emperor's down from what we know at this time period. Luke's the only one. Mm-hmm. You know, I imagine Snoke is out there skulking somewhere. Uh, but for the most part, this would be the first Force-sensitive being in the uni- in the known galaxy to the known world, even though we don't know where this planet exists, you know, on the on the uh, in the galaxy scale. So... It probably was like, oh, damn, I got to do something about this. Like, that's how I saw it with the Mandalorian. Like, I got to do something about this. Something's got to happen. So then, like, I was doing predictions with Mike. Like, where do you think this goes? And he goes, well, I don't know because it didn't tell us anything. And I'm like, you're right. (laughs) It didn't tell us anything. So we we had a seven-day waiting period. I love the fact that no one can binge the show outside of black hat hackers you know ripping into disney's server room and and getting the episodes the anticipation the build-up you know the the memes that come out there all that's you know and i i feel bad i know the sinister six group is trying to contain the spoilers yeah listen you got to get on it you know you got to watch it Uh, it's not a movie you know what i mean it's it's available you don't have to leave your house i would say i know someone put I usually do two weeks on a movie because that's not fair. You have to go to the theater. I give two days. Right. Like, you got a couple days, and I want to discuss it. I think it's it, fair. You know? And that's, yep. you know, and again, I don't know a lot of the guys in there. They've been in there longer than I have, but that's just sort of how I feel about it. Like, we got to mind dump this before, you know, it. we've moved on to the next one already, you know, and we've got to think about it. So, I, yeah. I love, like, the knee-jerk reaction. I like, I just like that instant response. Like, I talk to Jared from the group a lot. And now we have that post that's in the yes, page yes. that's spoilers. So, hey, guess what? Like, you've been warned. Yes. Turn off notifications for this and just go. Because, like, the thing is, I mean, we're all obviously Star Wars nuts, like, fanatics. But yep. some of us, you know, like, I watched it first thing. I could, like, first thing I did yeah. today, I was like, I have to. Um, and then I was like, you know, I'll let it stew all day, keep thinking about it, yeah. read up on it a little bit more, and then I'll watch again before we have our discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, like, man, like, yeah, I mean – for such a highly anticipated show, like, you know, 
you figure you or you would think people would just be on top of it, especially with it being our phones. It's not, sure. it's not like, okay, let me log into my Xbox, my PlayStation, mm-hmm, let me get mm-hmm. what you can. But, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's hard, but I do like the fact that we get weekly, although the schedule's not really weekly, which is nice. Mm-hmm. We don't have to wait all the time or seven days for new episodes. Um, because like an example was stranger things season yeah. three, I yeah. was waiting forever for that. Right. And I binged that thing in, in like 12 hours. And then I was just like, what do you do? Okay. There? I had to wait. I had yeah. to wait for other people to like watch it so I could talk to them. I'm like, right. This is horrible. It, they, um, it reminds me of lost. I don't know if you were a lost guy, you know, like, yes, we took notes on that show. <laughs> we took no. We had books on this show, and then we got to talk about it. And then you talk to the, you know, this was back when forum. I know forums are still big, but they were even bigger because of the non-social media factor of it. You know, two thousand four. Right. I mean, there was no, there was no real way to talk about it. But yeah, I mean, I love the fact that we all get to come together at one point and sort of discuss it at the same time. I miss this mm-hmm. about TV, for sure, definitely. But uh, as we get into chapter three, like again, didn't really know what to expect. But uh, it opens in space, and I, 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 on the second viewing, I saw the planet, and I sort of checked it out. And the left side of the planet, sort of uh, life, and on the right side of the planet, was very uh, lava-y. Sort of, it reminded me that it looked like a dying planet. So then with that in mind, I'm like, hmm. all right, I mean, that's interesting. As it, you know, they're in the cockpit, but as they as they're flying in and they're actually looking over that the nice long shots above the town, we'll call it the village. I don't know really, the spaceport. There's no green, right? It's all desert. Right. This is interesting to me, and then I'm starting to think like, all right, well, where he's traveling, is it a imperial research facility and they were draining the, the you know i don't know like I'm, the resources yeah the yeah you have to just just get a screen cap of that first shot and you'll see it's all red and cracked and it was very very interesting to me and that's we're not even talking about the storyline talking about the first shot you know so this is going to be a long discussion <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so we get into the cockpit. What are we feeling when we're in the cockpit and Baby Yoda is there? We're just going to call him Baby Yoda for now until until further notice. And yes, what are we thinking? Uh, I mean, I mean, like, you know, for me, um, I'm just like, he's not going to do it. Like, he's not mm. going to give up the baby. He's not going to do it. And then, like, you have like the cute moment, which, like, as with us being parents, where you know the baby does something that's not supposed to do. He's like, don't do that. Don't touch that. Yeah. He's like already acting like a father to the to the baby. Um, and you know that little moment ends up being like really pivotal in his, right. pivotal in his decision later down the road in the episode. So I mean, I'm like, he can't do it. He just can't. But you know, that's the code of his people. That's what they do. There's no attachment. They, you know, they get a bounty. They get a, yeah. a task. They go out. They complete it. They collect. They move on to the next one. And uh, it was just kind of like, man, there has to be like something more to this. And then you know, we get to the next part, and it's just like, <laughs> I uh, I hated oh my the Mando God. like. The first 15 minutes, I was like, I hate him. I just, yeah, I, I, I can't believe you did it. <laughs> I'll, I'll harp on, I wrote down, baby is too damn cute. That's what I wrote. <laughs> that's what I wrote. And then I also wrote sad music. And I'm like, oh, this isn't good. If, if they're putting sad music, this is a foreboding sign. And mm-hmm. then, he, you know, he lands and I kind of, it almost felt like a recycled scenes. We saw like the same scenes in the first episode, you know, him walking yep. up. 
And I thought it was really weird that he's just walking with the asset in public, like with the pod open. Like, isn't that a problem? Yeah. Like, couldn't he have been attacked? Like, what's going on here? Uh, the only thing I could think of is that people knew if they know of the asset, they know he was the one who got it. And, you know, there's nothing they could do now. Like, yeah. that's pretty much it. Kind of like when he walks into, like, the cantina. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's scoffing at him and stuff because they know he was the one who did it. Right. And, you know, um, Grief, like, sent out bunches of people and he was the one that's who got yeah it that's that's well, i mean that actually answered a question that we had last in the last chapter was like where those trandoshans come from and why did they have a tracker now mm -hmm. we now we know okay fine so that's that works for me but i love when you know i'm like all right i wonder what he's gonna do and i'm like he's walking into town maybe he's taking to the compound oh no he's going to the door okay he's scanning his id and then there's a moment where baby yoda looks at him and i'm and I wrote, even baby Y is like, really, dude? Really? <laughs> is this what we're doing? Like, after baby all we've... Yoda knows, like, yep, yeah, what's up? After like, all we've been through, on. after all, all the travel, the, the small talk. <laughs> and then we get the first sign of conflict with the, well, I guess maybe second, when he says to the stormtrooper, easy with that. The stormtrooper sort of, you know, yanks down on the, the pod. And he's like, hey, easy with that. And it's like, okay, I mean, you know, I was like, all right, well, maybe he's going to fight his way out. Like, there's going to be a time where he's going to fight his way out. And then he got mm -hmm. the client, and he's just saying, yes, yes, yes. So many yeses. I just keyed in on it. He was just saying yes. Like, this is the best thing they've ever seen in their entire life. The, the mm -hmm. scan happens. It's healthy. We're all excited. And then he goes, how many fobs did you hand out? Like, the Mandalorian's pissed about this. Like, he's going, yeah. why did you hand out so many fobs? And he sort of explains it. And then he shows him the best car. And I think that's where, as an audience, I went, it's tough to pass up, especially with the history. Yep. And the other cool thing, too, is we finally, you know, figured out the name of the ice cream machine that the guy was running with. Oh, damn, the, you're uh, right. I'm just you know, realizing that. Yeah. So it's um, it's a Camtano. Camtano. Okay. Camtono. Okay. And uh, a Camtono, a Beskar. And I was like, oh, man. I'm like, that's the ice cream machine. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, you're wondering, like, why is this guy running with this all these decades ago? Like, what's so important in there? And now we know, like, it's holding possibly back then Beskar Steel, which was from, you know, uh, the purge and son everything. of a gun i am you you made that connection for me you must have been reading a lot on the internet today see, Absolutely. i just see i just i just watched it an hour ago and i watched it twice <laughs> just to let everybody know and um damien's been getting mla citations from different articles online to uh get different <laughs> it's, it's no, that's great i love day. that and then <laughs> my gosh hold on let me let me chew on that for a little bit we have a connection to empire strikes back i love it this is great I love this. I love the connections. These are the. This is the best part about the, the what I call the new Star Wars. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. How about that cry from Baby Yoda right before it's taken oh, away? Dude. Eh. Oh my god, breaks your heart. Looks it looks at Mando the little cry. I'm like, ah, oh. but like what, the great the best thing about the show is like the main character's wearing a helmet, and like you could still feel yeah. that he was emoting even though it's just a blank slate in front of his face. And you could tell, like, that just, like, crushed him. Yeah. Yeah. So here's – I don't know if you picked up on this. 
you know, the Mandalorian asks, what are your plans for it to the client? Pretty, pretty ballsy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he sort of tells him, like, you know, I don't think the guild is supposed to ask those types of questions. And then he says this line, and he says something along the lines of, you know, there's not that many Mandalorians out there to make all this armor. And I thought to myself, there's probably more Beskar metal out there. I sort of mm-hmm. picked up on that. Because he sort of, like, it was almost like a, a clap back a little bit, like, you know, I have more of this armor, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can't do anything to me because I know where it is. And if you do anything, mm-hmm. then you won't know where it is ever. So I think that, again, sort of gave him pause because, you know, I think he's loyal to the guild, but I think he's only doing the guild to help his people survive right now. Right. Bringing them back money and bringing them back resources and stuff like that. And... uh how are the Mandalorians like not uncovered? Why he's walking down a flight of steps? What's going on here? He he walks down. Yeah, he he's walking down an alleyway. Um, like plain day. I mean, there's marketplaces. Like yeah. they're growing up. Uh, Salacious Crumbs family out there, Love it. and he just goes right through a little opening, right down a flight of steps, across a hall, and like there's no security, no whatever. So like I don't know if maybe there's some kind of agreement between. Are with the guild and with mm. the remnants of the empire, and you know that says okay, only X amount of you can be present at this time because it seems like they're really repressed, like they're underground, yeah. hiding. And even uh, like the Bud Knight, which you know he doesn't have a name yet. I think I, there's a toy, there's a figure of him. Is that but I forget was that what the, the name was, heavy heavy trooper or the heavy Mandalorian? Was, That's him. Yes, it was the heavy okay. Mandalorian. So the Bud Knight's like Bud you Knight, know, hey, it. we're 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 hiding under here like rats, and I'm like. And he calls oh, him a coward. Man, you know, he, he calls yep. the man like that's like disrespectful. Like, don't call mm-hmm. me a coward. You know, and it's like they have this great fight, an equal battle, we'll say. Yes. And then the the armorer, I think her name is called, says that, you know, when you choose this life, you are both hunter and prey. How does that make you a coward? That's what she says. And they sort of say, yep. you know, and then I love the this is the way. Great podcast title, but we have one already. <laughs> this is the way would have been would have been second choice for sure if this episode came out earlier. Oh my gosh! Uh, you know he presents all this armor, and then what do you think about him admitting that he didn't kill that horned beast? I think it's. Uh, I, I think that's like kind of one of the first signs in this episode that we're seeing of like conflict in him yeah uh and just kind of like he could have easily said yeah i killed it like put the emblem on there like i'm good to go i'm ready to go but i think it's just his ties to baby yoda and how he's like emotionally tied to Mm -hmm. it that you know he just feels the need to be open and honest with them Mm -hmm. and at the same time i feel like it also benefits him for the you know the final scenes of the episode And I think maybe maybe the other Mandos picked up on, hey, you know, okay, something's going on here. Like, you know, that's a good point. It's an enemy, but it didn't know it was an enemy. Yeah, it's, you know, pretty interesting. Yeah, I was sort of questioning, like, well, how did they know he was in trouble? Well, that's probably because they all sort of recognize that this is a this is bigger than them. Mm-hmm. You know, this this whole thing is bigger than them, and we'll get to that sort of at the you know toward the end because that's the tail end of the episode. Uh, the armorer, as uh, she's creating, 
uh, well, not as she's creating, but she says a line of, you know, foundlings are the future. And this mm-hmm. seems to be a Mandalorian cultural thing. And I'm assuming foundlings are the children. I mean, younglings, I foundlings. That's that's kind of what I'm going with. I don't know. Or maybe it's maybe they have dozens. Yeah, maybe they have designated a few Mandalorians as people who can refound the culture if uh, if a battle happens and they lose people maybe they're like the designated survivor and they right and you know they give them some of the whistling birds and this armor and that because just in case something bad happens they have a survival sort of a contingency plan which I thought was cool and then as the you know the armory is happening I'm like, great, we're going to get this stupid flashback scene again. We've already seen this, but now I see what they're doing. Yep. They're giving us progression. What are your thoughts on battle droids? So, I mean, obviously now we know when the Mandalorian was younger, exact like, time frame of yep. it. Yep, yep. Um, but they leave you hanging because it's like, okay, battle droids locked and loaded, ready to just blow them away, and then something happens. And I think that is going to be explored, obviously, throughout the rest of the episodes. But I think that, to him, was like kind of him reminiscing on somebody who saved him yeah. from imminent danger. Yeah, he's got to go save Baby Yoda yeah. from the same thing. Yes, and I and I put down pre episode one in terms of uh, Phantom Menace. Yes, because you know that's a pretty standard with a B two B two battle droid. Uh, with a droid ship, which is actually a Lego. Now this all makes sense. Why that Lego is still in, in circulation. Uh, <laughs> but I do love the the progression. It actually, I don't know if you're an Arrow guy, it reminded me of how Arrow does their flashback sequences where they sort of, throughout the episode, start at a flashback and then it ends and then it continues with the same flashback, but it's progressing throughout the episode. And then at the end, you find how it all connects and intermingles so if they're it, 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 oh no go ahead sorry yeah no i was gonna say if they i don't know how they're gonna how the armorer is gonna continue making stuff if they're gonna do it that way but maybe this is the end of it maybe this was like you said a way for us to connect to baby yoda mm-hmm. as, a, as a yeah and like the arrow tie-ins actually really good because uh i mean just you know like through that you go you go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth but each flashback like ties into the exact moment and thought process of the main character of like of Holly mm. mm. um, and why he's doing what he's doing in that exact moment. Yep. So, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's really good storytelling. You know, they could just do flashbacks of him like, Oh man, my parents are gone, blah, blah, but there it, it leaves you hanging, but it still moves along and it ties into the story really nicely. Absolutely agree. How about his armor? That's not the armor in the little in the little box you got on on Triple Force Friday, is it? Right here. Is nope. it? So it, it's not there, right? So here's the thing, man. I, I bought the carbonized Mandalorian yeah. Black Series, regular Black Series Mandalorian, and then I was debating the Hot Toys. I'm like, this guy looks great. Well, even after the first episode, it was already out of date because he got a new shoulder yeah. pad. And I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> so now I guess I'll just wait for the all Beskar up like Mandalorian, hopefully with a certain accessory that he hints at that he really wants towards the end of the yeah. episode. Um, and maybe a baby Yoda, like if they could do Yo, that. 
I was I'm like, gonna sign me up. These Sinister Six groups is gonna be <laughs> pissed off about this new armor set. Hasbro best come out with an accessory kit for the original, or there's gonna be hell to pay. I'm sure you guys are super excited about that. But yeah, great, uh, great stuff with the armor. Obviously noticeable, very shiny. Walk, oh, yeah. Walks in. I love grief. He's just like firing away. Like I ain't giving you any jobs. Get out of here, you scumbag. You know, and then he sort of says, like, you gave trackers to everybody? And he's like, yeah. What's the problem? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Dude, uh, I love Grief, too, because he's just like, Mando, just the way he says yeah. Mando. Like, it's, he just, I mean, it's Carl Weathers, man. He's just got, like, this, like, smooth, oh, like, yeah. way to say it. And you're like, there's definitely, like, he's not the most trustworthy guy. He's kind of almost like that, uh, almost like a Yondu to, like, the Peter Quill. Mm. If I could think of a relationship thus far, sure, based off of how they've interacted on the show. Yeah. Um, but I mean, dude, Carl Weathers is so good, and he's just like sitting there chilling, and then he pulls out his little pocketed Beskar, which is like, you know, a really cool little. We get a throwback of it, or um, you know, a flat, not throwback, a uh, callback to it. Yeah. At the end, for sure. But I mean, he's just sitting there, just like poo pooing people away, and then you know, his boy comes in who got the job done, made him rich. Yeah. Everyone in that place hates the two of them. And then he's like, "Hey, I'm I'm here, I'm rich. I got my new armor, whatever. What's my next job? Like, I won't yeah. work. I need I need the he's... work. I can't stand being here. And I think he wanted the work to actually get away from. He was running away from the the obvious conflict that he created for himself with giving away Baby 100%. Yoda for sure. Uh, I think the Mandalorian was pretty pissed off that he had Beskar armor. Pretty pissed off about it." After doing all that, after going through what he went through, and this guy's got two of them, and the, I think he put that mm -hmm. in his brain and was like, "I remember that. I'll remember." Mm -hmm. He asks grief again. Any idea what they are going to do to it? And of course, as the audience, we're also asking the same question, which is 100%. wonderfully uh, scripted narrative to get the audience focusing in on. Hey, they're they're gonna do something. They're gonna do something, and if of course uh, doesn't say anything, like obviously not. The guild is the guild, and uh, that's what it is. We can't do anything about it. I love um, the mention of twilight baths and spice. You know, just take some spice. Get a twilight. Take care of yourself and get out of here. You're going to be fine. Go to go to a brothel. You're going to be fine. Exactly. Um, I wrote down that's a joke, but I don't remember why. Reports to NR. I've got no idea what this means. Sometimes I write notes down in shorthand, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. It's no big deal. And then when you go back to it, you're just like, ah, no what idea. was that? What, what was my brain thinking? What was my brain moment? thinking right there? So he gets back to the ship, and we make an immediate connection to the first scene and he goes to yep. engage I guess the engines and the knob is missing and here's what I wrote very big it's on as he's shutting down that <laughs> ship I'm like oh oh yes here we go I was relaxing for a moment and now this episode is rocking and rolling what's going through the Mandalorian's mind oh, oh my god well I mean he's I think he's just trying to repress baby yoda hey i want more work what do you got oh this is a faraway planet okay maybe i'll do it cool let's go i'll take it and he's just trying to forget about 
baby Yoda and all that other stuff. And he gets on the ship and then that's just like the tipping point. And he's like, crap, <laughs> I got to, I got to do this. I got to go get that baby. I got to rescue him. Yeah. Too he, yeah. yeah. That was literally like his turning point. Cause for me, like I was saying earlier, I mean, God, I hated him when he gave up the baby. I'm like, you can't do that. Like yeah. you just, you can't do that. Those little eyes, the cry, and you just you sold him away for Beskar. But, you know, um, then he has his moment. He's like, you know what? It's time to crack some skulls. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get that baby, and we're getting out of here. So I got so upset at the dumpster when the pod was thrown away. I was like, oh, man, these people, like, I can't believe it. And then, on again, second viewing, it's very nice when you watch it two times. You catch up on things. As uh-huh. he's uh, s- uh, using his scope... From his wonderful weapon that is unlimited in power, uh, he's listening into a conversation that's sort of garbled, and I picked up on this, and it's the client. He says, "He says something about are you able to extract necessary material?" Now that's a interesting phrase out of context, but it sort of echoed me to midichlorians. So, yeah, that was what I thought, too, or possibly just any kind of DNA sample Fair. to try and replicate Yeah, that, um, because obviously they know they know more about this than we do as the viewers right now, and they know the importance of Baby Yoda yeah. and what, you know, extracting these things from Baby Yoda could mean long term for, you know, the Empire that's kind of just like operating underground at this point. So, I mean, it, for me, I thought mitochlorians, like, yeah. almost immediately. But I'm not sure if they're still canon or or if they are or aren't. As long as they're in the episodes, they're technically canon. Okay, and they, they right. Obviously, they died off with the purge of Order 66. That's, how, that's right. how I sort of read it, because we don't hear about it ever again. And now we see... Uh, the full move set of the Mandalorian as he's going through this compound, which is so good, from flamethrower to pulling the guy back right into the knife. Love that one. I think that was my favorite one. Uh, he gets to the scientist, and again, second viewing. I think he says, "I'm trying to protect him." I mm-hmm. think I heard a him from the scientist. I thought I heard, but then I, him, the Mandalorian then says, says it. Right? It. So you heard the yep. same thing. Okay. So I, I put uh, scientists protecting it or him. Don't know. I don't know how to check the gender on an unknown species. I also <laughs> I also wrote down that the Mandalorian is very Batman-like right now. Like hiding in the dark, using his gadgets, you know, taking down oh, stormtroopers. Great scenes here. It was literally like a, like an Arkham game, but Star Wars just watching him like use like his you know his grappling hook to pull that guy right into the knife just blasting people away hiding like tricking i mean it was they, they didn't stand a chance and you knew that they wouldn't stand a chance because they're stormtroopers um but it was it was fun just watching him kind of be in his element and it was a nice little like action wise the episode keeps climbing and progressing yeah. and, and climbing up there um it was awesome just watching him completely just mow down those guys with no difficulty whatsoever. Yeah, I was terrorized at the scream the stormtrooper yelled when he was being burned alive. 
Like that was Dude, it's he actually loves that flamethrower. Terrifying. It's and, awesome. And I love the fact that in the next scene as he's trying to walk away and now all of a sudden he's noticing that all the trackers have been lit back up and he's being so slowly being surrounded and he tries to use the flamethrower again and it runs out of juice. I love that fact of it mm-hmm. because again they're not trying to make this guy invincible they're trying to say like you know he's got his resources but they do run out which is again makes him a little bit human for us because the mandalorians are so yes. legendary and uh you know we have our our jump twist did you see that jump twist into the droid uh carrier no. i guess oh my mm-hmm. god he you know he's considering all his options and, you know, Grief has given him his, his options, and he walks over to the droid, uh, you know, the transport. And as he's shooting somebody, he does this jump twist and lays perfectly flat onto it. Like, it was, I was like, wow, this guy, this guy is just outrageous with his strategy into, like, protecting himself while, whilst keeping Baby Yoda safe. Might right. I add? Right, because they, they don't they don't have the crib anymore. He's got to go to Bye Bye Baby and uh, <laughs> right. get a new one. <laughs> he's he's gonna get that twenty percent off coupon in his in his uh, his yeah. communications array. <laughs> oh man, and you know as now this this episode's winding down, and I'm like, you know, I love when episodes are able to trick you in a way that goes, I don't think he's gonna make it. I don't see a way that he can make it out of here. And then I'm like, all right, he's in the droid thing and it's moving. I'm like, all right, cool. That's 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 not a that's not a bad way to like go out. Like I'm cool with that. That's that's very strategic. It's very smart. And then grief's like, nope. I'm gonna take that droid out. I'm like, okay. He could probably still make it. And then he starts disintegrating people. How about those effects? Man, I uh, I mean, it just like it, you know, it's a callback to Vader. Like no disintegrations. And you're like, okay. Well, what's that mean? What's that look like? Yeah. And then you see it last week with the Jawas. Oh. There's just like. Boom. I mean, Nothing. gone. And then he's doing it again. I'm like, what does this weapon not do? It's, it's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. Which, again, just jumping back to Chapter 2, when it was covered in mud, didn't work. Love that. Didn't work. It's a regular weapon. It does jam. It it does have problems, you know, in environments and elements if you don't take care of it. So, again, it's not invincible, so to speak. And, you know, he's just he's waylaying into people. He is literally eliminating DNA from the galaxy with this disintegration gun. <laughs> and then he's out of options. No flamethrower. Done. Uh, you know, he's they're, they're slowly, you know, surrounding him. They're getting closer. Now grief's like, you're going to give it to us or you're going to die. That's your options now. We've tried to, to talk to you. And then we see the firework. What were your thoughts? Because I screamed. <laughs> what were your thoughts when the Mandos came out full force jetpack action? So for a hot second, I really thought it was Baby Yoda because Baby Yoda. Um, they were setting us up. Opens its eyes. Right. And you're like, oh, Baby Yoda's going to save the day again. Yeah. And then it's not Baby Yoda. It's the Mandos and they're coming in like just. And it was. It was pretty amazing because I'm like, all right, well, you know, there was all that conflict with them, but then, you know, this is the way. And that's no matter what the disagreement is, this is the code they live by. This is the group they're with. This is what they are meant to do. And, uh, you know, they stick up for each other. And I think it was kind of a nice, like, boiling point for them, the the scene earlier in the episode, because they finally said, look, like, we're rats. We're hiding underground. We're just doing what we got to do to survive. And, like, we're sick of it. 
and, and we don't care if we have to relocate we're gonna go and we're gonna protect one of our own and it was just like that like really cool moment because you're just like he's done like what's he gonna do yeah. and then boom all of a sudden these guys just come down from the sky just like taking out everybody oh it was my God. awesome what a great scene and i love the the again the high shots from the perspective of the razor crest as you know there's one last moment with grief you know this is it mando i got gotcha. you mandalorian again great strat smoke shoots him hits the best car i figured well actually i, I went oh damn carl weathers is dead that's what i went i was he's dead i can't believe it and i was like oh wait best car bet you he hit him in the best car he's probably going to be fine and uh the shot of, you know, you see all the, the, the three Mandalorians, they got their jetpacks on, and they're just firing into the crowd as the Razor Crest is escaping. What a great scene to watch. And then you got that Mandalorian Iron Manning next to the Razor Crest. Little bit of salute, little bit of head nod, and then probably the line of the episode. Do you remember it? I got to get one of those. That's right. I got to get one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And then he gives the ball back to Baby Yoda. Here you go, big guy. You can have this. And what a roller coaster of a ride this episode. Dude, it was just so good. I mean, there's like, there's always humor at moments where there needs to be humor, but everything has a purpose. Like the, the one thing that might be little to a lot of people that stuck out to me was the fact that you know, they do little things that pay off later in the episode, mm. like, um, you know, Grief showing off his best car. Hey, here's my best car in this pocket. I got two plates. You know, we, yeah. we're both rich. We're doing good. And then that's exactly where Mando shoots him. And that's kind of why I, I like in their relationship to, like, Peter Quill and Yondu. Yeah. Yondu is, um, you know, Griff or um, Grief and, like, yeah. you know, Mando is obviously Peter Quill and – uh the fact that he shoots him right there, it's just like he knows, like he doesn't want to kill the guy. He obviously cares about him to some degree, he might even be a father figure to him in a yeah. way because he's giving him work. He's Truth. you know looking out for him. True. Um, so, I mean, just like little stuff like that I love. And then the action in this episode was just – I think it was what we needed after last week's episode. Yes. Like you said, dude, it was it was a side mission. Like it was kind of – He's going out, okay, we've got to get the egg. And it's it's literally just like a side mission in a video game. Get the egg, and then you can move on to the next level, and you do this, that, and the other. So, I mean, um, you know, for me, action-wise, storytelling-wise was just, like, awesome. And it was, for me, you know, I know we're only three episodes in, but uh, by far the most satisfying episode so far. Absolutely. Hold on. Phone is dying. We're going to get us back up in power. But while I do that... <laughs> Give us some predictions for Chapter 4. Um, so my big prediction is we're going to finally see Cara Dune. Um, I think it's about – I think he's going to go to some random planet, and we don't know what those planets are because, you know, they don't name any of these planets here except for the one that um, Grief was talking about when he was going to go chase down, uh, you know, at one of Akbar's. <laughs> one of Akbar's uh, relatives, but I think we'll see Cara Dune. I think that we're going to uh, uncover more of the Empire still being out there and alive despite the Empire being defeated. Right, right. I think we're going to see more of that. Um, hopefully we see IG-11, like, rebuilt mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or something, because I, I just feel like to cast 
who they did for of Thor Ragnarok, Voice of Korg, and the Avengers movies to like have him just be IG eleven for one episode and just be smoked. I just think that's not right. I think they're going to find some kind of way to bring him back. Um, but you know, I'm really excited. I, I think we're going to get a good dose of Cara Dune next week. I think there's going to be some conflict and maybe a little bit of fighting between the two of those guys. But then eventually she's going to join his cause because she realizes what he's standing up mm-hmm. against. And that's kind of the remnants of the Empire. Yes, I, I like all the words you just said. Does <laughs> our, our friend Nick Nolte rebuild IG-11 and reprogram him for the Mandalorian? Because they're on the same planet. They exist in the same uh, galaxy right now. So that is a total possibility. Obviously, That's a hot take. Hot That's take. Like, wow. Hot take. You know, I can't be with you, but like he sends IG Eleven after him with a message from Galil, and it of course ends with, "I rebuilt this droid I for you spoken. because I know it can help you." No, I don't need payment. I have spoken. You know, that's <laughs> that, that's great possibility that could happen. Uh, he's obviously has to go to a planet of of safety. Like so, he must mm-hmm. have contacts out there. You don't get a reputation of the Mandalorian. They said you were the best in the parsec. How big is a parsec? Unknown, in my opinion, unless you know it. But I would say it's pretty large. Uh, so he's probably known in multiple worlds. So he has that safe haven. He has a safe house somewhere. He must, because of the whole underground, uh, you know, thing that they have to do if they're if they're seen together so they of course have a contingency plan and now do they all know that they're going to the same place or do they all scatter for a while and then meet up at a later date only time will tell yeah i mean i feel like they might have multiple kind of like outposts throughout the galaxy yeah and he might just be going to the closest one um just to you know get fuel, get supplies, do whatever he needs to do and lay low for a little sure. bit. But I mean, yeah, man, that's, uh, you know, that, uh, Nick Nolte rebuilding IG 11 would be awesome. Oof. And I think that, you know, he needs, he needs a sidekick. And then, you know, I think Cara Dune's going to play a big part in it too. But I mean, the one thing is there's really not a lot of predictability with the show though. Like you don't know where it's a hundred percent going to go. Yep. Because, you know, it's it's just I didn't expect all those Mandos to just show up and save the day in this episode. But one one kind of like thing I've been thinking of, they keep talking about no helmets, mm-hmm. this, that and the other. This episode was called The Sin. <laughs> and yes. obviously, I think he sinned multiple times. Yes. He sinned against the Mandalorians because, you know, you're just supposed to go do your job, get it done, get paid, get out. Mm-hmm. He sinned against the guild mm-hmm. because he went recollected his bounty he's heading out so i think that you know the show's already been renewed for a second season i think that his biggest sin throughout the whole series i think eventually we're gonna see his face Mm. i think he's gonna take off the helmet which like is a big thing have you taken off your helmet no has anyone else taken off your helmet no Mm. i think eventually we'll see the face of the mandalorian and you know like i've just kind of been toying with that today i don't know how i feel about it but i don't think you cast pedro pascal in the role just to have him wear a helmet the entire time and, and you know, kind of like auto-tune his voice. Yeah. So I think at some point you will see him take off the helmet, whether he ditches that or not, who knows. Um, but I think it would be pretty interesting to see that kind of spin on it. But I'm hoping that's not the case. Um, 
but I feel like he's going to have some kind of moment with baby Yoda where they have that human connection that, you know, eye to eye contact, you know, let me look at you with my own eyes, Vader Luke kind of thing where he takes yeah. off his helmet. Maybe that's our season one finale, right? As mm-hmm. the helmet is being taken off screen goes dark. Boom. Yes. That could be, that would be off potential potential. Well, listen, that was chapter three. What a great discussion. We broke this sucker down for you. It's not even an initial reaction at this point. We're, we're going deep into the Mandalorian lore. So thank you for doing your research today and bringing that insight. As always, I, this was great. Did you get a chance to listen to the first episode of We Have Spoken? Um, yes, I have. And if you haven't, for the people listening right now, what are you doing? Exactly. You gotta get on it. Exactly. You gotta you're, get on it. You're already late I to the party. You, I didn't know you were getting. I didn't know you were getting insight from um, your other buddy as well. And I mean, I think it's cool though, because you know, it's multiple perspectives. There's stuff that someone might pick up that the other guy doesn't, and I just think that's cool. And especially with how hot Mandalorian is right now, man, everybody's talking about yes. it. And I don't think I can recall a show or Star Wars property that like has met this much critical acclaim from critics and fans like mm-hmm. you know sinister six awesome star wars group but we have a lot of varying opinions on what we like and what we don't like in yes. the star wars universe but mandalorian has been like a universal give me everything mandalorian because people just love it yeah this was a this was a great rebound episode for sure and uh i love getting different perspectives from people just like you said different walks of life We all learn from each other, and there's just one final thing we have to say. We have spoken. We have spoken. Thanks, Damien, a lot. I appreciate your time. Catch catch Damien on uh, Instagram. What's your handle again, Damien, for for the people to hear? Uh, The the Instagrams is uh, at Dupree with two E's. I don't think there's any other way to spell it. 721. Actually, there is Jermaine Dupree, but yeah, (laughs) D-U-P-R-E-E. 721 on Instagram. Perfect, perfect, Damien. All right, stay tuned as we uh, transition uh, out of uh, Damien world and we uh, move on to Chapter 3 in another world. Thanks a lot. Hope you enjoyed it. Once again, thanks, Damien, for coming on to the show and talking Chapter 3. Looking forward to speaking with you about Chapter 4 this Friday. Back by popular demand the Mateo Lorian has made his triumphant return in Chapter yes, 3 of We Have Spoken, technically Episode 2. The numbers are now all weird, but we're just going to deal with it. Welcome back, Mr. Mike. How are we doing? I'm good. I am very, very good. Oh, that's great. I had to rewatch this episode because a 22-month-old was climbing all over me the first time I watched it. So it sounds like you're living the real-life Mandalorian way right now. Oh, what? This is the way. (laughs) This is the way for sure. Now, let me just throw something at you, Mike. I want to hear your reaction. So I've been doing this for, oh, I don't know, a decent decent clip started in June. And we have spoken, climbed to the top as most downloads since I've started it. Now, you saw the little thing I put on Instagram when we hit like 20. And it was like, yes, most downloads. Can you guess the number in where it stands now since we released it only six days ago? 50. 50 would be awesome. 
but it's even better because <laughs> it doubled, nearly doubled my most downloaded, which was 19. We sit at 35 downloads. Nearly 37% of downloads is that episode right now, which means we're keeping this rolling. This is exciting. It's nice to have the banter, and I've got nothing but positive feedback from people who have listened. And in fact, just recently I connected with a Facebook page, an Instagram page called Fanta Tracks, who have um, put my podcast feed in their rotation, which means that they'll post it uh, to nice. their people, which means we're just going to get a little bit more exposure. So this is all good for everybody. But enough of this nonsense. Let's move on to the story. Yes. And what a story it was. Now, I've I talked extensively with Damien already about this, so I'm going to be light on my analysis so we'll be morely focused on your analysis and where you think it's going and I'll sort of chime in every once in a while to keep us on track bada bing bada boom Mateo Lorian overall story give it to me so you're throwing me on the spot now I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on my own tangent that's okay we'll go off on tangents <laughs> how about how about this I opened this up with Damien the other time, uh, the other time, yeah. just just a few minutes ago, and uh, which seems like <laughs> I feel two, like the three which, of us need to get on board. You know what? I did mention that we are going to get on board together. Instagram actually has a multi-video stream feature, so we'll be able Sweet. to actually do that. But uh, on second watching, the I looked at the planet, and the planet looks half dead to me. I don't know if you caught that. So, yes. Uh, there's a lot of red on the right side and a lot of green on the left side. So I'm thinking this has been a planet that the uh, Empire has ravaged for resources. And now the dregs are sort of formed up, which makes sense because grief tells us of warlords and mercenaries are the only people left mm -hmm. over. Yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. So we're in the cockpit. Go, yes. Baby Yoda. What do you think of his antics? So, Dude, it's what we both experience on a day-to-day -day basis. So I love the whole just playing with the little chrome ball on the lever. Yes. Where he's like, and then deadpan Man Mandalorian, that's not a toy. <laughs> <laughs> where you cannot see a face, so you cannot see any emotion, but delivers all of his line where you're like, you know exactly what he's talking there was about. There's such an eye roll behind that mask. We have yes. no idea for sure, for sure. So we got Baby Yoda doing baby stuff. Um, and then we go to see the client. Yeah. So we get right to the client. And at this point for me, I was like, there's no way he's going to deliver. And then as he keeps getting closer, I'm like, what? is he actually going to do what were your thoughts leading up to the client so i honestly thought that i see i thought the other like i i kind of like in my own mind foreshadowed what was going to happen fair okay like, he's going to deliver and then he's going to have a change of heart now random side note one thing that like i love the episode and there were a couple things that but there were a couple things that really annoyed me about the episode okay let's talk that one yeah. of the things was giving baby yoda human baby sounds interesting <laughs> interesting like, the the baby cooing sounds annoyed and uh, annoyed annoyed me from baby yoda wow i i you're the only the second person i've talked to and it's split down the middle now this is interesting <laughs> now what what annoyed just because 
Well, maybe psychologically they did that. Maybe they did some testers on people, Mm -hmm. and they were like, what do you think of this sound? And they're like, I don't know what that is. And then they did a baby coo, and you're like, aww, I bet you that's probably what happened. But that's so cool. So let's see. But let's... I mean, it From was a Matt, total baby coup. It was there was no yes. mistaking it. So let's let's do some let's do some math. So if if regular Yoda died at what nine hundred? Yeah. So nine hundred, and he sounded pretty damn old. Right. Right. So at let's say at nine hundred, Yoda was like eighty. Okay. So fifty into nine hundred. Would be what? So you could edit this out. <laughs> math, math. Well, no, we edit nothing out. out. Don't worry. We're head. gonna we're gonna do fifty so into nine hundred. Five over ninety would be one. Uh, five over ninety. One five percent. It's five percent. So, yeah. what's five percent of nine hundred? Easy. Calculators. <laughs> 45, which would be, you know, close to what Baby Yoda's age is. But we don't know that species aging cycle. We don't know, like, obviously it's still an infant, right? But, yeah, it's still an infant. But I feel like, you know, that much of a jump is, like, I I feel like he would be old enough to at least say some Yoda-ish phrases. Where I would love, like, a kid's voice doing classic, like, chrome ball I want. Like, that kind of stuff. Mm. See, like, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, first off, I guess you I'll, have to be taught language. Mm-hmm. And then syntax and gr- grammatically speaking, you put a baby into a culture, like the Hispanic culture, and they're going to have a completely different syntax than an American culture. Yeah. You know, so... Maybe Baby Yoda doesn't know that he has to speak that way. This is true, but my like it's one of those things where my and I'll get into more comparisons later. I think this episode, the first time I watched it with a baby crawling all over me, Terrible I loved idea. it. But the second, <laughs> the second time, I got to notice a couple things, and I think they're going too marvelly. Ooh. Explain. So, do you want me to jump ahead? Do you want me to like? All right. Well, then, if if well, you know what, we can do that. We can. Where? Where? How far ahead are you at now? So there, actually, it there were three thing, three specific things, beginning, middle, end, that went too marvelly for me. Okay. Well, we can jump I, because we know people listening to this podcast have already watched chapter three, which means. Yes. That, you know, this is a spoiler cast. We're just going right into it. So give us our Marvel, a Marvel-y. And, and what, can you explain marvel to me? Or can you, are you going to go into an analogy of what that means? Um, so Baby Yoda, especially with, like, doing certain things, they're going the Baby Groot route. Okay. So when I went to go skip it back to jumping back to episode two when he's eating the frog mm. was, and Mandalorian's like, no, spit that out too much. Like guardians of the galaxy two mm. where in the very beginning scene where 
baby Groot eats that fly and Rocket's like, no, spit it out, spit it out, spit it out. And even with this, like, he's just doing, like, a things a baby would. Like, I think they're relying too much on that cute, like, baby Groot type. Okay. I can thing. see what you're saying there. I can see what you're saying. So that, so you're saying you're hearkening, like, the chrome stuff and the baby cry to that in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Well, the the baby cry just in general, the, the baby cooing, just human baby cooing for baby Yoda wasn't a fan. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. So what's your middle Marvel-y uh, negative um so middle marvely negative was when um they're in that the underground mandalorian lair okay with all of the other mandalorians it reminded me too much of infinity war when thor went to well who was itri to get stormbreaker made Okay. So anytime they're like, hey, he's getting something made out of Beskar for him, it reminds me too much of uh, Thor going to Eitri to get this yeah. get Stormbreaker made. One thing that I noticed in this episode is that a lot of scenes repeated themselves. Him Ooh. walking, him walking into town, uh, him going to the client, yeah. him getting something made. Yes. The only thing, well, not the only thing, but obviously toward the tail end of the episode, we get new stuff. New stuff, yeah. meaning we haven't seen it before, and then actually in the uh, the flashbacks in which you were sort of negative toward, I kind of think they're progressively giving us a little bit of information. Yes, which is cool. Now, now it's now there seems to be a purpose behind it. What did yeah, you think I of the flashbacks the, this time? I I really enjoyed the flashbacks this time, and I'll save this point for the end, when I talk about when we talk about the very end. Fair. And I'll jump back to it. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All no right. So spoilers here right now. That's right. Moving on <laughs> to the final Marvely situation. Um, when all the Mandalorians came to help him, oh, no. when he was in like the town square, yeah, was taken right out of Endgame when everybody came back. Sure. Yeah, you can make those. I mean, you could make the connection to, oh, I don't know, uh, Age of Ultron, really. Yes. I mean, I wouldn't even consider because they were not really de- dead. You know, see, the thing is on the Star Wars side of things, not that you're not on the Star Wars side of things, you're you're my rogue outsider. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like I am a fan, yeah. but I am not super fan. The fact that these I, t- I screamed myself when the Mandalorians revealed them. First off, I thought he was. I didn't know. Like, you know how you go through those progressions where you're like, I don't know how the main character is going to get out of this. That's what I went through. And I'm like, all right, he okay, he the droid is now driving. Great. Okay, uh, he's disintegrating people. They're probably going to run away. They didn't. Okay, he's flamethrowing people. They're probably going to run away. Oh, no, he's out of gas. Runs out. Uh, and then at this point, I'm like, I don't know what he's doing. And then when the Mandalorians show up, this is a, it's a game changer in terms of they've been gone for 25 plus years and they have revealed and they even talk about like we live in the shadows this is how we survive yeah one goes out at a time right and that's a big deal you know so then i started thinking i'm like well maybe they've done this before maybe they have other compounds that they go to maybe they have safe houses they have safe zones and that kind of harkens to a predict yeah well it goes to a prediction of where is the mandalorian going to go now but we'll get to that Toward the end. So, okay, so I can see your three marvel things. Baby Groot, uh, the making of Stormbreaker, and the reappearance of uh, 
characters that weren't there and now they're there. So okay, I can like, I, I can I look past the... two of three of them. I can look past two of three of them just because. And of... the one the one I could look past is the Mandalorians showing up. That's the one I could kind of look past. Yeah, that was that was out of nowhere. I, there wasn't there's no indication in that episode on the first watching that they were coming. But the, I, I kind of yeah. wanted Favreau to be like on your left. Yeah, right. right. That would have been that would have been good. So okay, all right. So we got it out. You got you got all the you shake it, you shake it out now. All right. So let's talk. Let's talk good stuff. How about this little nugget for you? And I don't yes. know. Maybe you don't know it. Uh, Damien informed me of this. So we'll briefly the uh, the the holder of the Beskar, that little white thing that he has a little pin code for. Do you know? Um, so there, there are two things that, uh, um, the ice cream machine. That is correct. All right. So you're on the right page. Very good. And the other one is Ray is holding something similar in one of the posters, I believe, or. Interesting. Uh, it went. Or the, rise, the of rise of Skywalker. Oh, I'm going to have to research that. That's new to me. But the, uh, ice cream maker apparently is a long standing Easter egg in uh, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back because it's just this one random dude just running with an ice cream with maker. something, you know, with, with absolutely something. So, you know, now we've revealed the name, which apparently is a Camtono, which is a fun name. And uh, yes. it has a lot of Beskar in it. Tons yes, it does. of Beskar. Tons and tons and tons of Beskar. Um, I got a question for you. How are yes. the Mandalorians not uncovered if they're just uh, down one flight of stairs? Apparently, I couldn't. Uh, you kind of broke up there. I didn't hear you. <laughs> I said, I said, how are the Mandalorians uh, not found since they're just uh, down one flight of stairs? Yeah, they're in like the um, the crypts of Winterfell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, did you notice the battle droids in the flashbacks? I did notice the battle droids. Okay, so that's pretty um, cool. We now sort of have a timeline on that, which means it would be so, pre-episode one. Yes, so what I'm thinking is, what I was thinking about those battle droids and how um, the client kept saying, we got these from the Purge. Mm-hmm. So was Mando, like, was that the Purge? So, like the empire purging his planet. Yeah. That's where they got all the Beskar. They put their oh, yeah. empire insignia. 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, the purge does exist in the history of Star Wars, and they, uh, you know, when the Mandalorians, when you know, when anybody fought back, they just decimated you with a yeah. orbital bombardment and then just basically corpse robbed everybody and said we're taking yeah. all of this and then melted it all down and obviously it's it's an incredible alloy that can reflect blaster bolts and knife wounds and all kinds of yeah. craziness like that so pretty pretty wild there uh what'd you think of grief in this episode i loved them oh grief was amazing um so just from when he when the man Mandalorian came back with all of his armor and grief is just at that point, still putting him on the spot, putting a target on the Mandalorian's head. Right. 
when he well, the Mandalorian put a target on his own head, coming all <laughs> chromed out in his new Beskar armor. What the the armor did warn him like this will attract eyes, and he's yes. like, yeah, I get it, I'll know. So I loved him in that part where uh, where he's just kind of shouting to everyone, "My new partner, yeah. we're <laughs> he made me rich." Like I I loved it because. I think his end game is I I don't know if he's working with the client. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's working on his own merits. Yeah. Where like he wants to discover more Mandalorians and he wants to kind of wipe out the race is where I'm going. Interesting. Because he like the Mandalorian put a price on his own head wearing all that Beskar. But it seems like grief is doing the same thing. Yeah. And I love the fact that the Mandalorian keeps asking. He now, you know, he goes from, you know, you're not supposed to ask questions, so he asks the same question yes. like three times because you know that this is weighing down on his soul. This whole yeah. child thing—it's really killing. Yeah. And he's like, "How many trackers are there? What are they going to do with him? I need to know this information." And grief is like, "Listen, you're in the wrong set of business if you think I'm going to give you any answers." Sorry. So here's here's a here's a question I have. Mm-hmm. So the Mandalorian asks him, like, how many people did you give the trackers to? Yeah. And he says, everyone. Yeah. Now, it seemed to me that only two people got to Baby Yoda. Well, not even two people. Two things. The the bounty droid Mm -hmm. and the Mandalorian. Yeah. Were the other ones just hanging out at the cantina with their fobs and being like, I'll get to it when I get to it? Yeah, no, I think they've heard through the grapevine that no one comes back alive, a.k.a. Galil tells us, like, by the way, mm-hmm. everybody's died when they've gone to that compound. So I think when five people don't return and they went to take that job, I think that job seems a little less endearing Uh to the, in my opinion, to uh, to take it. Meanwhile, the Mandalorian is like, "Give me your most, give me your weirdest job you have." So it's so with that. I guess with that information, is the Mandalorian rather new in this guild? Hmm. Because if they all had it, then he's the last to get it and gets the score. Because obviously. Grief is ecstatic. He's given a thousand of these out, and nobody's yes. come back with it. So that's very curious as to when the Mandalorian gets to this town, when he joins the guild. Um, so is Grief also sending all these other bounty hunters to the client, and the client is giving out these fobs? Also a great question. <laughs> but then he asked the client, he goes, you know, how many of the fobs... Did you give out? And he said, enough to ensure that we'll get this asset. So? Yeah, I, they're working together somehow. Yeah, there's there's a yeah. lot, uh, lot of layers going on. Very cool. So he takes this job going after a Mon Calamarian uh, bail jumper. Who, who is, uh, what do you say, a uh, the son of a noble. The son of a noble, yeah, the... the the Mon Cal- resemblance to Admiral yeah, Akbar. Yeah, Admiral Akbar. That's his species. <laughs> Very good. Um, I don't think there's any relation there, but you know, Mon Cal, You know, they're a race. They're a species. So yeah, yeah. There's yeah, many of them. 
Uh, and he's like, yeah, the farther the better. I just want to get out of here. I want to get this off my mind. And then we have. No, but I, yeah. I think in my mind, I thought they threw the, oh, a nobleman's son. That's why I, I immediately went to, could this be Akbar's son? Yeah, I can, I can tell you no. And the reason why is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, it's it's just uh, the recent comic book I read has him just hang, okay. hanging out in the city. He's just chilling. So he's definitely not skipping bail. So he goes to fire up his ship, and then he gets to that point where he goes to engage that chrome rod. And mm -hmm. I wrote down, and it's on. Yes. Now, this is exactly, like, it's one of those you have to kind of read emotion without seeing a face kind of a thing. Yeah. Which is really tough to do with a helmet on your face. Right. Where I think the Mandalorian is going is that, like, going back to the flashbacks he is he sees himself in baby yoda kind of a thing agreed we're like the last image you see of that flashback is just that little door opening up and then the droid yeah but he survives he is one of the last surviving of his species right right and damien he knows yeah he knows that the client, the the vampires, after this asset, and it's a child, yeah, and could be one of the last of his his species. Sure. So I think he's like, we're connected through this kind of a thing. I I totally agree with you. Damien brought up the the idea that maybe in the next flashback we see someone intervene between yes. the battle droid, which affected him. I was thinking that too. Or. No one intervened, and he's paying it forward now because he yes. wished somebody would have intervened. I mm -hmm. guess we'll find out one day. Uh, so he heads back to the client quarters, and what would you think of that dumpster scene? Oh, when when I saw the uh, when I saw that little coach carriage stroller, whatever. <laughs> I was like, this dude is about to destroy this entire yeah, he's, planet. He's not happy. He's he's not happy. I just wrote all right, so he, he lights a bomb off. He is now Batman in the dark, using his gadgets yes. to take people well, out. First, well first he rips off the uh the a pinky, the little like seeing drill. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's great. He's like, Give the that to me. That's done. Troopers come out, but we're we're also skipping the uh, the the rifle, where he hears what the client says. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a good point. I heard some stuff. Did you hear anything of interest? Um, he's like casing the place out. Extract what you need to extract. I, that's right. What I heard. What do you think that means? I think they're trying to get the midi chlorians. That's what I think too. Damien is. <laughs> You know, thinking more cloney DNA sort of stuff, things like that. But it all sort of wraps around without saying midichlorians. I think it also is midichlorians as well. Uh, so it, yeah, I like it's it, to me like that's the thing. Like, because obviously they know of Yoda and the power he has. Sure. The Empire knows that, so they're thinking that oh, this species must have the same power that's the only yeah that's the only data they have so sure yeah 
leads in to believe that if they're trying to do that, that the Empire knows that this is an offspring of Yoda. Fair. That's that's the only sort of information they could go off of, absolutely. Now, do you think, after the Mandalorian is ripping through stormtroopers with his knife and flamethrowering people and that scream is just terrifying, do you think the scientist is truly trying to protect this species? I don't. Okay. I don't. I, I think he... I... I think he's absolutely trying to get like he's just trying to save himself there. Mm. He's not like oh, I just wanted to save him. Yeah, I don't believe you. Yeah, yeah. Because you. because you hear him say like you hear the client say to him that like I can no longer protect you. So what does what's his name, Doctor Parshing? Doctor. That Pershing? sounds right. Parshing sounds right. Um, like. What does he have? Like, there's. He ha- has to get it out to save himself. Uh, yeah, so he I, has I to think that's his collateral right at. now. Is he's he's alive because that thing's alive, and if yes. he can kind of make an excuse to keep it alive, then it'll keep him alive even longer. So he's probably going to be dead next episode since this asset has now been taken. Oh, so another um, yeah. random thing that bothered me, and I saw it the second time, I was like, what the heck is happening? Yeah. So, well, there's two things about this whole scene that bothered me. Number one, the way the Mandalorian held his blaster. Okay. His, his single like, shooter? Yes. Think about any movie where a person is holding like just a handgun mm-hmm. and how they hold it. They hold it up to their eye so they can see where they're shooting. Right. He's holding it by his like ribs. Yeah. Just shooting, literally shooting from the hip. He's shooting from the hip. I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? He did that first, first episode established boom, right into that panel, which by the way, was this big. I'm actually holding a yeah. uh, fingers up that you can't see. Uh, it's as big as a half dollar. <laughs> And he hits it, which means that he's just got wicked speed and wicked accuracy from the hip and can just fire when he needs to. But if you're, yeah, like if you're in the Wild West and you're, you know, dueling someone, like, yeah, you shoot from the hip. But if you're just carrying around a handgun, like, it's up at your eye so you see what you're shooting as I am also holding up my finger gun to my eye. Does he have targeting in his helmet? Sounds like that helmet can do a lot of different things. Does it have peripheral vision? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to that later. That, but that's Batman. Batman didn't have peripheral vision either. He had to uh, move his whole. He had to move his whole shoulder shoulder thing. Anyways. So um, the other um, thing that bothered me. Yeah, so once he gets Baby Yoda, the other thing that bothered me is so. I know that it's probably costing a ton, a ton of money for a 30-minute episode. Yes. Baby Yoda in swaddle. It was a football in swaddling cloth, and he's just holding it recklessly. He's so tiny. So it reminded me of, have you ever seen American Sniper with Bradley Cooper? Yes. 
Do you remember the backlash of the one scene where he's holding like a fake baby screaming at his wife or something? Zero times. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So there's this one scene in American Sniper where Bradley Cooper is holding his baby Mm. and you could like 100% tell it's like a cabbage patch doll. Nice. And it just reminded me of that where like, I know you need to cut corners and like save money on prosthetics and like don't need a prosthetic baby yoda flopping around because that's Mm -hmm. probably three million dollars yeah but come on a football and a swaddling cloth i'm down i can i'm I'm a very forgiving person i don't even care about it but uh one thing i want accuracy yeah the (laughs) please the um the foreshadowing of the whistling birds those little missiles Oh, you know, I was like, okay, well, we he's, didn't he's, even talk about the whistling birds. Yeah, he's going to use it because he's he's surrounded. Here, watch. Oh, look, he's bending down. Okay, he's going to activate them. Like I'm like, okay, come on, get this over with. He's going to hit him with the whistling birds, and let's just take care of it. Uh, yeah, yes, just little fi- firecracker missiles. Also, that sort of crush. I'm sure he liked those odds because it was four to one. That is correct. He certainly did like those odds. I think he likes a lot of odds. Uh, something interesting I read earlier that I didn't get a chance to talk with Damien is there's a concept and a weapon called a vibroblade. Are you aware of a vibroblade? It's a it's a bladed I, uh, yeah bladed it's a bladed weapon that vibrates at a certain frequency to increase its damage potential. So okay. someone uh, peeked and sneaked this when the two Mandalorians are fighting each other. If you look at the blades, they're blurry. Yes. Which means they're vibrating. And there's like, and as he goes across yeah. that the other guy's, like, there's just like sparks flying from his armor. So here's something interesting. Uh, he obviously has a hand blade. It's not a <clears throat> a sword. Uh, in one of the Rise of Sky, I'm just making this connection now. This is brand new information for everybody's ears, even your ears. One of the trailers for the Rise of Skywalker, you see Kylo Ren and Rey slash down at this black pedestal. It was very yes. fast. But if you look at her left hand, she's holding a blade. Hmm. I don't know if there's going to be any connections, but it's probably a vibroblade. It would be my guess that that's what that is. So maybe the Mandalorian is introducing this concept to us now so it's not so weird later. Yes. Or I could be overthinking this and it doesn't really matter. But that is just something that I noticed and made an interesting small connection with. See, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind like a connection of like something as simple as a weapon from the Mandalorian to the you know the movies that yeah. come out. I wouldn't mind that. What I am hoping doesn't happen is that the Mandalorian goes to let's go to nostalgia and bring that like, oh look, here's a random character that you all know and love. That we're just going to introduce for no reason except for viewership. Yeah. Like, so far, three episodes in, there's not been any connection to anything, really. And it is standing on its own. And I want it to continue to stand on the, its own. The only line that has a connection to the new stuff is the New Republic. That's a joke. Yes. That's it. You know, like, that's outside of empire and store actually stormtroopers are our connection to the to the star wars world that's a recognition they... right yeah it's a recognition but the new republic is our connection that's our bridge old stuff yeah. to the new stuff is the new republic so yeah 
pretty but uh, like I'm, yeah. i am fi- i'm fine with stuff like that yes like that that doesn't really bother me like i don't want like a cgi han solo coming in at any point kind of a yeah thing. okay i'm with you that i'm with you on that uh how about the possibility that the resistance recruits the mandalorians for the revenge against the empire in a final battle jet trooper like talk about end game proportions with bringing everybody into the fray <laughs> you would love it where the mandalorian comes in on your left when he finally gets his jetpack yes oh that's a great oh my god what a line that is such a good line so Let's just move on in the story. All these track he's trying to get out of there. The predictably speaking, all the trackers now activate, which is just I, like I, love it. I love that scene. Yeah. I love that scene. It was like you're at Fridays and everybody's <laughs> You're talking about everybody's the buzzers. Bob goes off at once and the hostess <laughs> has no idea what to do. Oh my god, party of twelve. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so the grief confronts him. Listen, we got you surrounded. There's not much you can do. Give me the kid. And he's like, the kid's coming with me. And I'm going to yeah. walk to my ship. And that's that. And then, you know, like this is the first step in me going, well, he's not going to make it out of this. And then he does an awesome gymnastic Simone Biles jump twist into the droid carrier did you catch that jump amazing yes oh yeah so good sticks the landing sticks the landing meanwhile uh two feet inbounds with a completed catch puts the football down safe and somehow (laughs) retains possession retains possession this entire time and they're sort of uh waylaying him and grief's like i'm smarter than you i'm gonna hit this droid you can't move now and then the disintegrations start happening. How about these disintegrations? I love the disintegration. <laughs> um, nothing pulse. more upsetting to to like an enemy by seeing your friend go from solid to particle in less than two seconds. And it's one of those things where like we're Disney, we can't show blood. Cool, we'll just explode you. You know what we got to do? And ah oh, man, we got to get to it first. Do you know that scene? With Cl- not Clint Eastwood, um, ooh, 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 Chuck Norris, where he's rifling people on the top <sighs> of a cliff. <laughs> yes. We gotta put it together. I'm gonna put it together. I'm gonna find it and put it together and put it up on YouTube. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. I gotta find the clips right now, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna I know exactly. I'm what gonna you're screen about. cap that stuff, and you're gonna check that out later on the YouTube. I'm gonna work on that uh, later yeah, today. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. So he gets, you know, he's basically gets to out of options, and then we've we've talked that the Mandalorian sort of come back, and all all of it just from the top down view of them firing rockets to to laying down cover fire, and then the guy he fought with just says, "Get out of here, we'll take care of this." Yeah, and he's like, "You know, we're gonna have to because relocate." This is the way, dude. Yeah, you're gonna. They they know they need to stick yeah, together. You know, we're gonna have to relocate, and there we go. We hear it again. This is the way and i love that another excellent line from the mandalorian yep we see grief uh one last time one confrontation did you think he was dead oh no way no way i kind of for a moment i was like oh damn he's dead oh no j- I was just, like, just kidding. there's there's no reason why they showed him 
flashing the best car. Yes, correct. Like, I'm rich. Look how look at all these coming out of my chest. Yes, exactly. Not you know like in a pocket like a normal person. Exactly, exactly. It's and I and you know that just pissed off the Mandalorian when he saw that. Like, oh yeah, that's my best car, sir. And then we get the classic Iron Man salute with the jetpack. Yeah. The awesome yep. head, the awesome head nod, and then the line of the night. I gotta get one of those. I gotta get one of those. <laughs> and then, do you think I gotta get one of those, or him handing Baby Yoda the ball, is the better moment of that final scene? Dude, I love him handing Baby Yoda the ball. It's my favorite thing. I, dude, I I texted you about this. Yes, I want them to do like similar to the Fly episode of uh, Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. of just that episode of him being a parent figure to Baby Yoda. Yes, where it's like I'm gonna take you to the park and put you in a swing and push you. You're gonna cry because you don't have your snack. Mm. And what do I do? Because I'm an emotionless person who doesn't take off a mask (laughs) oh man all right so let's move on to predictions we're in in my opinion i think we're in the same exact boat that we were at the end of chapter two where we've got not a clue where he's going yeah like um i literally had no clue where they're going i have no clue where they're going um the one thing that i do find that's interesting is that when he went into the compound, the client, just minutes after hearing the client talk to the doctor, client is nowhere to be found. Yeah, he pieced out for sure. He went into a safe, he went to a panic room and he's he's out. Yeah. So I am thinking now that we know that grief is alive because the Mandalorian shot the best uh, car. That did all all these fobs are still available. Uh, like they yeah. may have killed all the bounty hunters. Yeah, but those fobs are still around. You're you're a hundred. So now, right? and... the client and grief are going to just recruit new people or possibly get more IG Eleven type uh, characters. Yeah, he's he's not in a good place. In fact. I just screen capped the Mandalorian does bring his blaster up to his eye. I'm just looking at it right now. So your theory debunked immediately. No, no. There there's one part he brings up to his eye. Hey, Most listen, of the time. Listen. Um yes, so obviously we're gonna start to get introduced to other characters, as I mentioned before. Maybe there's a mm-hmm. safe zone, there's a safe house. If the Mandalorian is so damn popular in the Parsec and he's the best, then he's obviously known in other places. So maybe yes. that's where he's going. But at the same time, I don't think he had a chance to refuel. He didn't have a chance to resupply. Does he yeah. have this stuff? Does he does he have far to go? Does he have a short travel to go? In only a few short days, we'll find out the truth. We will find out the truth. What are your Wait, final you thoughts? Say- did you say two short days? No, no, a few, a few short days. Yeah. Oh, a few. It is, like, it is a Friday. It is a Friday debut still, despite uh, Thanksgiving being on Thursday. They're not putting it out early. Great, I can watch it in the morning because 
Marissa's taking Violet out. Well, I'll be off as well, so this will be a morning watch for myself. Absolutely. <laughs> a little, little coffee, little notepad, little Mando. Any final Love thoughts it. on Chapter 3? I loved it. Oh, I... Aside from the Marvel comparisons, Chapter 3 was amazing. Like, Chapter 2... Like, Chapter 1 was a great... A, it was a great introduction to everything chapter two a little bit of a letdown mm -hmm. kind of just like i need to get my ship back chapter three brought it and it i really enjoyed chapter three despite i, I mean i'll find anything to be annoyed with that, well that's why we bring things. you on the show because we have to uncover the rose shaded glasses on this show and we can't just yeah. love on it we have to really look at it critically from all angles and that's why you are the Mateo Lorian. <laughs> well, Mr. Mike, Thank where you, can we find you on Instagram? What is your Instagram handle? Do you know it offhand? <laughs> <laughs> I am so terrible with the social media. That's no, not even. I believe a, I yeah. am at MJ Mateo 13. You can certainly try searching that out. You may friend him or you may friend someone else. We're not so sure, but I do have to say one thing before we sign off, Mr. Mike. You know what it if is? You, I will say this. If you see a guy with a man bun, you got me. Drunk Jesus, <laughs> Mateo Lorian, he's in. And then our final saying, as we always say, even though we're starting it right now, we have we spoken. We have spoken. We have spoken, my friend. Thank you very much, Mike. Hey, make sure you follow Mike on Instagram and uh, make sure you uh, – Catch up on The Mandalorian Chapter 4 coming this Friday, and we'll bring a new episode to you pretty quick. Thanks, Mike. See you later. You got it. That wraps up Chapter 3's discussion with both Damien and Mike, and we always have to ask The Mandalorian if he approves. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Yeah? Good. Once again, a huge shout-out to Mike and Damien for coming on to the show. Thank you very much, and thanks to all of you for the positive feedback that this series of podcasts has brought me. Uh, it's very nice to see that we're reaching a bunch of different people now. It's nice to see that the banter uh, is definitely worthy of your attention, so thank you so much, and a big shout-out to Gary for all of his positive vibes. I appreciate you, Gary. Big shout-out to Fanthatrax, who has adopted the last podcast and is going to be posting some of our content uh, to their viewers and to their people out in the Star Wars galaxy. And just thank you in general for uh, listening to me banter on for a while now. And if you've been a lifelong listener, just let me know. Send me an email, and I'll be glad to shout you out, follow you, communicate with you, pen pal if you would like do a little flat stanley if you want whatever the case may be if you found me on the internet or if you found me through word of mouth i do appreciate all of the support that you can give well that about wraps up the second episode of we have spoken stay tuned as we'll be recording another episode covering the mandalorian this coming weekend if i don't get a chance to say it or see you 
Have a blessed and happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holiday. Eat some turkey and sleep it off because we have spoken. MRC Tech presents The Last Podcast, copyrighted 2019, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music credits to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Music by Chillhop.com. Star Wars covers featured by Unicorn Studios and Pandemic on YouTube. This has been the last podcast. Visit the website www.mrctechllc.com for more information.